This is self-awareness for everyone. I'm your host, MJ Bleehart. I'll be your guide through conscious reality creation, tools for applied guidance for mindfulness, non-toxic positivity, and other applications of unselfish self-awareness. This week, spoiler alert, you're not the only one feeling uncertain. I know that I am feeling considerably uncertain and have been for the last several years. Want to know why? COVID-19. Lots of us following the COVID-19 pandemic and everything that went with it, especially during the winter and early spring of 2020, have been under a tremendous amount of strain and pressure and deep uncertainty. Because, for the first time in most of our lives, we experienced a period where nothing made any sense. All of the way we knew things to be went right out the window. For an all-too-brief time, we were locked down, we were taking precautions, we were doing things that were intended to keep us safe, to lessen the spread of this particular virus, and to help people so that fewer would get sick and hospitalized and killed because of it. To all intents and purposes, COVID-19 was a flu bug with a lot more oomph behind it. It was especially virulent to those who are immunocompromised, to those who are particularly young, particularly old, and it caused a lot of problems that made a lot of hospitals really have to struggle, people having to be put on ventilators. It was a nightmare during the period where it was most prevalent. We, as a society, attempted something of a lockdown that, to be perfectly honest, wasn't long enough. And when all of it was over, we found ourselves in this bizarre, for lack of a better phrase, no man's land. I mean, let's talk about how many paradoxes were revealed by the pandemic. We saw some of the best of human nature come out. We saw people going out of their way for social distancing, for care for other people, for giving of themselves their time and their energy. The healthcare workers of the world just worked their tails off to deal with this. And we saw some amazing examples of the best of human nature. Unfortunately, we also saw some of the absolute worst examples of human nature. People who selfishly wanted all the lockdowns ended as soon as humanly possible. Business leaders who didn't really want to see business go remote, and yet, hey, look at that, we could. And politicians using COVID as an advantage for messages they were trying to spew to the world and things they were trying to get out, and lots and lots of ugliness that really showed us the lesser side of the human race. With all of those particular paradoxes, both good and bad, and everything in between, most of us were caught somewhere in the middle. And what we're not talking about, and haven't been talking about, is that this created a massive mental health crisis. And yes, I mean crisis. The uncertainty most of us are feeling, and I know very much that I am not alone in feeling this, that uncertainty is part of the crisis that this thing generated. We had to look at the world from a very different perspective for a brief time where we saw that a lot of our capitalistic 
things that we do that make our society run were not as necessary as we believe them to be, where being in the office proved to be far less important than we've been told it is, where all sorts of other bits and pieces came together and we saw the world in a very different light. Now, I don't know about you, but I know people who passed away because of COVID and complications from COVID. And there are people to this day, while, because frankly, it's not over. It's just in a form of remission. It's much less right now. I, I don't know the technical term for it. But there are still people I know who mask in public, who are still extra cautious when they go places because they're trying to avoid it. And almost everyone I know, no matter how much they avoided it, got COVID at one time or another. That includes me. I was fortunately vaccinated, so the case of COVID that I came down with was one night of fever and a couple of days of a really nasty head cold. But otherwise, I was fine. I didn't need to be ventilated. I didn't need to go to the hospital. And because of the nature of how my COVID progressed, I never actually went on Paxlovid either. I was fortunate, and I recognized this. Beyond the physical demands, beyond the physical experiences, mental, emotional, and spiritual health took a real hit from the COVID-19 epidemic, from this pandemic. And it's something that we just never properly addressed. Now, here we are with this massive mental health crisis that nobody wants to talk about because our society doesn't want to think about mental health. But... Almost all physical health issues stem from the mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And that is part of what makes each one of us whole. Because of this massive mental health crisis that's barely been talked about, almost everybody is feeling this sense of uncertainty. Sometimes it's very much in the background and it's not super obvious, but other times there it is smacking you in the face. But... There it is. However, you are utterly not alone. All of us have been feeling it. All of us have experienced it. Some people have let this make them better. Other people, unfortunately, have let it make them worse. Now, maybe I'm naive, but I'd had really high hopes that maybe, just maybe, when we came out on the other side of this pandemic, we'd see a world that had changed. We'd recognize a better sense of self and more self-awareness because so many people had the opportunity to become more self-aware during the pandemic would dominate our society. We'd get a real shift in our sensibilities. Well, I'm pretty sure I was wrong because it's looking more and more like we didn't get that at all. In fact, lots and lots of people have ceased to be self-empowered and are going right back to the way things were. And a lot of this is because many of our leaders and the authorities of our world worked very, very hard to push us back to the way things were before, to return us to the way the world worked prior to COVID. Except things have changed. For example, one of the biggest examples is office work. A great deal of the work done in an office during an eight-hour workday is a crock. Let's be honest. Most people during an eight-hour workday, and there have been lots of studies about this, maybe work half that time. And in a lot of instances, even less than that. And yet, we are seeing lots of people forcing their employees to return to work at their offices, making them 
go back to the office, and if you don't, you're out. And they're firing people because they're unwilling to return to the office. And things like long commutes and wasted time away from family, away from their lives. And we're seeing this all over the country, more in the U.S., I think, than the rest of the world. But I got to be honest, I haven't done that deep a dive into the way the rest of the world is handling this. When it comes to this type of a situation, it's not surprising, at least to me, that uncertainty is so dominant, that I'm feeling uncertain, that veritably everybody is feeling uncertain, because this is not the only crisis our country is currently facing. Hell, the world's currently facing more than that, but I'm going to focus more on the U.S. right now, because that's where I live. We are looking at a probable government shutdown here in the U.S. because certain members of our elected officials have decided that holding the entire process hostage for their own personal statement is acceptable. Never mind the millions of people that they will negatively impact doing this. No, that's not important. What's important is their political gain. Likewise, we're about to start a presidential election cycle, and one of the top candidates is a convicted criminal. I don't care what you think of the guy. Sorry, folks. He's a crook, and he should be in jail, not running for president. And yet here we are facing uncertainty, even if the democracy that is the United States will stay a democracy. Now, I don't want to get into a whole political discussion here, because believe me, I could. But all of this is feeding into the uncertainty of our society and this uncertainty almost all of us are feeling. And from there, the ongoing, hardly remarked upon mental health crisis that we are all in the middle of. We are constantly bombarded with conflicting information. And I mean seriously conflicting. Sometimes things are utterly made up and presented as fact to us that just aren't. And people buy it because news media and others aren't fact-checking things and proving that, you know, that stuff that guy just spewed at you, it's bull. It's not real. He just made that crap up. Extremism became particularly spotlighted during the pandemic, and we saw it on a lot of different levels. But we also saw, in addition to the extreme bad, some extreme good. So we were all stuck in this conflicting information that's just running over us like a great big steamroller passing us all over. Never before as a society, never before as a people in this world have we had the technology we have for instantaneous information. I've had the argument with certain people that the world hasn't become worse, that things haven't been getting steadily terrible, more we actually see the terrible things instantly. We no longer have to wait for the evening news at 7 o'clock and 11 o'clock or whenever the hell it broadcasts. I don't know. I don't watch the news anymore. But we don't have to wait for the evening news. We have the 24-hour news cycle. But worse than that, we have social media where things can instantly be placed on the internet for all to see. And before you know it, somebody has tweeted some Thing that's going on and the world is looking at it from that one narrow perspective. So before you know it, we have this immediate amount of information which does nothing but stir up a lot of fear, hate, distrust, and negative emotions which drive uncertainty. 
There are forces out there that love this. They want you and I as uncertain as we can be because they believe that if you and I are uncertain, they can be in control. That's what a lot of this is about. You look at some of these people and what they're getting at, and it's all about their control or their own self-aggrandizement or their own power. It all is this gigantic cluster mess, because I don't want to say the word that I want to say here because I'm trying to keep this clean, of a world that's gone nuts. Uh, it's just, it's bizarre sometimes. And a lot of it is because we aren't pausing to be more self-aware, and we allow ourselves via our subconscious existence to be drawn into all the negativity, into the gossip, into the bad news, into all these things that do nothing but make our mental health crisis worse and worse. Because, again, we're not addressing that we have a mental health crisis. Mental health is still treated like it is something that can be disregarded, that it's not as important as physical health. But I'm going to tell you right now that it's as important, if not in many ways, more important. It has been scientifically proven that stress causes physical health issues. Stress leads to heart attacks, leads to aneurysms, leads to strokes. It causes all kinds of physical health issues. But we don't address it the way we should because mental health is disregarded as being far less important than physical health. Just to clarify, when I talk about mental health, I don't just mean mental health. I mean mental, spiritual, and emotional health. Because all three of these intangibles are directly tied together. And with physical health, make up our whole, holistic selves. So why is it that we're not talking about this? Why are we not further discussing the mental health crisis that is impacting us? Because uncertainty means that talking about this kind of thing could easily make you an outcast, make you a pariah, and get you shunned and kicked off the island. Lots of people are afraid that if they speak up, they will be looked upon as being full of it. They will be pushed away. They will be canceled. They will be told that they are a terrible human being and that they are full of it. And what they have to say doesn't matter. The thing of it is... It really does. That's why I'm going to talk about it. That's why I'm stating that we have a mental health crisis that we should not be ignoring. One of the other main reasons that it gets ignored, especially in the United States, is because for-profit health care makes mental health care expensive. Whether you're on psychopharmacology and taking an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety drug, or you're actually seeing a therapist, it's not cheap. And by and large, you're at least paying a copay of some sort that's draining your monies and makes your life that much more difficult because now you got a budget for that. So rather than spend money to get that kind of help, which in a lot of health plans isn't covered, so people aren't spending the money to address this because they can't afford it. And that in and of itself is a hell of a crime. So what can you and I do? This is where active conscious awareness comes into play. Everyone has at least passive beliefs, values, and habits, and those exist in your subconscious mind. They are embedded within your psyche. They are often not addressed, but they play a part in all the rote and routine things that you do 
with your life. But you also have a conscious mind. Everyone has a conscious mind. It works mostly in the present, but it works both actively and passively. The best example of a passive conscious mind would be while you're driving, you're actively looking at the road and paying attention to your hands on the wheel. But passively, you're paying attention to the other cars around you, to any passengers in the vehicle with you, to any music that's being played in the background, and maybe the stoplight that's nine cars ahead of you or whatever else. But your active conscious awareness can be activated via mindfulness. Mindfulness is employed by your six senses, but also by asking yourself what you're thinking, what and how you're feeling, what your intentions are, and what actions you are or aren't taking. The reason this is mindful is because the answers only exist here and now in this present moment. A large part of that is because the only time that's really, truly real is the present, this moment, right now. The past has come and gone, and it's often colored by things like nostalgia, by environment, by experience, by who, what, where, how, and why you are. The future is unwritten, and we don't know what is going to be there, so we can't know what that's about. But the present, here and now, is the only time that's really, truly real. You are worthy and deserving of being able to make choices and decisions that will impact your mindful self, that will change your thoughts, feelings, actions, and intentions, and let you take control of your life. And that is how we can work with this uncertainty, by actively being consciously aware, by being mindful, we can look at what we have control over. Because a great deal of the uncertainty that we experience is about things we have zero control over. Or if we have any control at all, it's so minor that it almost feels like it doesn't count. It does, but it's not as important as our own life experiences, which we have the power to control. And when we do this, we can work with uncertainty and try to build certainty with who, what, where, how, and why we are. This week's Applied Guidance for Mindfulness tool is an exercise that should create some mindful certainty right in this moment. Here's how this tool is going to work. I'm going to just get right into it. Look around you. Choose an object that you can reach to, take a hold of, and take a really close look at. Now do that. Take that object. Look at it and really observe it. Look at its lines. Look at its form. Look at its structure. Examine it. Study it. Note any imperfections, nuances, and whatever you can when it comes to this object that you're looking at. Does this particular object cause you to think or feel anything? Is it causing thought and feeling? If so, what's it making you think? What's it making you feel? Don't overthink this part, just be present. What kind of thought or feeling is it evoking right here or now? It's not about the memory that it might stir. This is about the immediate thought and feeling that it might produce. Pause a moment. Consider the object. Note how that you can be certain that it is, that it's there in your hand. It's real. It's literal. It's there. The physical presence of this object here and now is a certain Thing. 
Write down your final thoughts and feelings about this, what and how it makes you think and feel related to the certainty of its existence and being. When you have something of this nature that you can look at and go, yep, this is real, this is a thing, that can produce certainty. And in a world where we are just bombarded by all sorts of things that cause uncertainty, the certainty of something this minor can still build further certainty in our existence. And you can see from this exercise if you can expand that to other parts of your life and life experience. Thank you for joining me this week. I hope that you've enjoyed this exploration of applied guidance for mindfulness, conscious reality creation, and working with other tools for optimizing your life experience. If you have any questions or comments, please email me at author at mjbleehart.com. You can follow me on social media via Instagram at mjbleehart, on TikTok at mjbleehart72, and on Facebook at bleehartmj. Thank you to the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network for hosting my show. Thank you to Fima Mahoney. She's the creator of my original cover art. Take a moment to visit her Etsy shop, Talia's Inspirations. Please visit my blogs, The Ramblings of the Titanium Dawn, at titaniumdawn.com, as well as at mjbleehart.medium.com. And please check out my ever-growing number of published sci-fi and fantasy novels on Amazon and other online retailers. I hope that you're discovering how self-awareness works hand-in-hand with mindfulness and can be applied to improve your life experience as well as that of the people around you. Be kind, compassionate, and your own self-aware creator, whatever form that takes. And please be mindful that you are worthy and deserving of being the best you that you can be. Namaste. Namaste.